Hello and welcome to England Cricket on 99.94 Cricket Every Day. I'm Daniel Norcross, uh, broadcaster, writer, podcaster, and a man who's just bought a tripod. So hopefully um, my microphone won't crackle. And I'm joined, as I always am, by the man they all call the Puff Pastry Hangman. It is Rory Dollard, Chief Cricket Writer for the Press Association. I don't know how he came by that name. England Cricket on 99.94 is your new home for England cricket content. And we will be dropping into your podcast feed and on YouTube or the 99.94 app several times every week. So please do rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation. What we're going to talk about today is, well, the County Championship season has ended there are some people who have really pressed their case for England inclusion among the batters. There are same amongst the bowlers, including an extraordinary performance from Liam Norwell that sent Yorkshire crashing out of the first division. We'll be looking at both the batters and the bowlers. And then, of course, at the end of every season, it's time to evaluate those who perhaps have gone backwards, who have receded further in the thoughts of the selectors. But let's kick off with the batters. And I want to kick off with Keaton Jennings and Hasib Hamid because... It's the perennial conversation that England cricket lovers have about their opening batters. Uh, when it was Cook and Strauss, we didn't pay it a single thought. It was like a world would just happily and merrily go on for England cricket fans. And then as one went, we started to get all sorts of pretenders to the throne, the Lambert Simnels, if you like, of Adam Lythe and Alex Hale, Sam Robson, Nick Compton. And then when Cook retired... They've had to find two pretenders. At the moment, the pretenders are Crawley and um, Alex Lees. And Good, the Ashes. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> In the Ashes, it you was Hasib Hamid and Rory Burns. Before that, it had been Dom Sibley. But remember Keaton Jennings? He nearly became the first man in county cricket after Frank Watson, I think it is, to get a triple hundred and two double hundreds in the same season which is quite the feat. He was one run short when he got 199 against Surrey in the last game. His game looks in better order, but it's been the way, Rory, hasn't it, that you come in as an opening batter, you get your statutory sort of between six and ten games, and then you're discarded, never to be seen again, unless you're Zach Crawley. <laughs> well, Keaton Jennings, I suppose, is a slightly different case in that he had two separate little stints. They went back to him got 100 in each of those. So that stands him astride from one or two of them. Uh, so he has got hundreds uh, in India and Sri Lanka. And they did, albeit under Ed Smith's regime of selection, they did go back to him for what was a cancelled uh, COVID tour of Sri Lanka. So they went back to him a third time. So I think that tells you he's someone who has got a certain amount of respect and credit uh, in that setup. When he last played Test cricket, he was very hunched, shotless, didn't seem to be enjoying himself a great deal by the time it ended. But he has done everything that you could ask him to do to be in with a shout again. Now, crucially, he's doing it from the top of the order. Because if we look, and we're going to talk about some other people... Well, England have a very obvious place where you, if you want to play test cricket for England and you're a batter, you should probably be doing it at the top of the order because you're not going to get in. At the moment, three's locked up, four's locked up, five's locked up, six's locked up. So the fact that Keaton Jennings is pounding out runs and getting big ones and he's doing it from opener stands pretty well in his corner. The fact that he's a guy who's got two test centuries in Asia 
and we're about to go to Pakistan, stands pretty well in his corner. So I think he is he's a fascinating test case because he doesn't he doesn't gun it like like McCullum and, and Stokes probably would like them to. But he has found a way this year to score quickly in phases of the game. Once he's established himself and once he's got himself a, a trench, he's been able to, to hit a bit out. So I think whether England look at Keaton Jennings for this Pakistan tour will be an interesting sort of measure of, of how they're looking at performances in county cricket. Another man who's done that who's actually sort of slightly upped his scoring rate and is another man who's been there twice is Hasib Hamid. And he's kind of the romantic's choice because when he first burst on the scene against India, it was just such a delight to watch. He was so young. He seemed to have such great skills and temperament. Then in his second coming, um, I mean, he was really undone against extreme pace. He's a little bit too far stuck in his crease. Hands rather low, was exposed massively in Australia. But he's come back this summer and he's still very young. I mean, what is he, 24 uh, he still has opportunity to come again and he's had a terrific summer really 400s he's posted and his strike rate's up a little bit and if we are going to look not exclusively at opening batters because you know someone like Harry Brook for example in the early part of the season probably established himself as uh, a red ball cricketer as well as a white ball cricketer but it's the top of the order we're really focusing on you'd say Hasib Hamid possibly stakes another claim I would be surprised, much more surprised than with Keaton Jennings, to be honest, because I think they'll be wary of going back to Hamid. He looked like a man in the wrong place in the ashes. He looked like it wasn't necessarily the stage for him. Not a lot about his game tells me that he can find a bit of a landing point with Brendan McCullum's preferred tactics. And... Australia, you know, anyone who comes into the team in the next few months, Australia is on the horizon. They're coming. They're coming again soon. So, I think Australia would be licking their lips at the idea of Hasib Hamid coming back into the England setup, and you don't want to give your opposition the thing that they want. I would say, if we were talking about, we could almost blur the lines a bit here and say we are looking at spaces at the top of the order, but we can pick someone out like Ben Duckett and say actually maybe. Maybe he might open the batting for England, despite not necessarily having done a ton of that recently or, or made his name there. He he has given himself a huge amount of credit on this recent tour to Pakistan. He's he's so that's that's relevant experience that. He's played really nicely, enterprisingly. He's batted pretty briskly and brightly. But if we're talking about the end of the county season and people pushing their claim, well, Nottinghamshire have won the title, the Division 2 title. He's got 1,012 runs in 10, in 10 matches, average 72, strike rate 76. Okay, that's something that Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum might get behind. And they might look at Ben Duckett, like Keaton Jennings, someone who had a little taste, and you've mentioned before on here that it might have been the wrong place at the wrong time. But at the age he is now, a lot of experience in sort of franchise cricket. He's been around a bit. He has confronted the idea that he might not have an international career. And he's got a little bit of a taste of one now. And I wonder if England are tempted to roll the dice a little bit at that top of the order for Pakistan. Maybe it's Alex Lees more than Zach Crawley who, who might ultimately be vulnerable. 
I wonder if Ben Duckett is the one who will come in and, and maybe Keaton Jennings travels as a safe spare. I'm not sure. Well, I, I think we got a little bit of a clue, didn't we, in the Oval Test when Ben Duckett was brought into the squad after Johnny Bairstow broke his leg, that they clearly see him, if not next cab off the rank, they want him in and around the setup, which um, I think gives you the idea of where the selectors' thoughts are heading. Um, finally, before we move off batting, um, Josh Bohannon, these kind of guys in the middle order, uh, I sort of saw Josh Bohannon coming through at a time when uh, England had struggled one win in 17 games and thought you know, what they actually need is a little bit of solidity in that middle order. I don't think he's done his case any harm. I just wonder whether, as you say, there are so many people locked in from three to six. doesn't mean that injuries won't happen. I mean, we, we saw it with, with Johnny Bairstow. So do you think do you think he's done enough still to keep the, the selectors' thoughts nudging in his direction or indeed anybody else of that type? Well, he'd actually done slightly better than I thought he had. I felt my impression from being, you know, not not slavishly trawling over the scorecards what? every week has been do that. been with what? England a you lot. You call yourself a cricket fan? <laughs> I mean, I, know, I slavishly I trawl over those scorecards every minute of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he's done slightly better than I thought. I think he averages, better not get it wrong, I think he averages in the 40s. But it does feel like the... So the, the momentum is drifting from him. He, he he looked like he looked like a really good outside bet for that first test of the summer. England at number three specifically. England obviously put their chips on Ollie Pope, and it's basically panned out. I would think they're now now drifting from Bahannon. And when you factor in Duckett, when you factor in maybe Will Jacks is looking like an exciting. An exciting cricket who's needing a chance. Harry Brook hasn't locked that space yet, and he's just been fantastic. Surely, we player of the year, young player of the year again. Uh, it, it it looks like they're going to get crowded out some of those guys, and they're going to have to do something pretty interesting to to get the eye. Because next summer, it's Ashes summer. There's not going to be a lot of experimentation and uh, caps getting tossed around. The team that you saw this summer, the batting lineup, will be the batting lineup next summer with maybe. One change. Right, well, we'll take a short break at that point. Afterwards, we're going to run our eyes over the bowlers who have impressed in this year's county championship. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube, or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. So welcome back. Uh, bowlers, we've done the batters. Let's take a look at some of these bowlers. And well, an obvious one is Ollie Robinson is back in the side after having trained well. He barely featured in the county championship and got himself fit. So... He's in there. Broad and Anderson are in there. We're talking about a side that's locked up for the batters. It's nearly locked up for the bowlers, but you would say that a couple of guys' names have sprung to mind. Matthew Potts is an obvious one, that if you can take wickets early on in the season, which he did, he came into the side and he was an absolute revelation. Surely they're going to keep an eye on him. Um, Saki Mahmood made his name through County Championship, but has had a stress fracture of the back this year. 
Liam Norwell was a man who was really, well, he was advancing his case, wasn't he? He was getting into the fringe of squads. He's playing Lions games. Mm. He's only played four matches. He was matches. on reserve, wasn't he, for a test match? He was. He's only played four games in the county championship this year, but he's made the most significant <laughs> contribution, individual contribution, probably of anybody across the entire season by taking nine wickets against Hampshire to bowl him out for 133 to keep his side, last year's champions, in the first division and to condemn Yorkshire. Oh, I'm so sad about that. To second division cricket, speaking as a Surrey man. Oh, the pain, the torment. Um, Liam Norwell fascinates me because he struck me as a kind of yeoman county bowler when I first saw him, uh, especially for Gloucestershire. Um, and now I kind of see real qualities there. Does stuff with the ball. Uh, he's got great stamina when you can get him on the park. He's one that intrigues me. Any other bowlers really sort of come to the fore in, the, in what has been, let's face it, Rory, a very, very difficult summer for bowling. That ball they've been using, if you don't get wickets early on, then, well, you're in a bit of stuck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Potts, Potts, like you said, I just think has been the guy whose stock has improved most from start day one to day now. He burst on the start of the summer. He bowled loads and loads of overs. I think he took five fifers this year, including, well, adding one from England as well. He started really well in the test team and then crucially, really, really crucially, he got dropped in a very nice supportive way, which I've mentioned before, but he went back to Durham and he picked up a bunch more. So he is a guy who's going to be, we'll see plenty of him. No, don't doubt, don't doubt it at all. Um, Another player who I think we've discussed a little bit whose record demands at least debate and attention, if not caps, is Sam Cook. He has uh, found a way to be effective with a red ball, with a white ball, when they're winning, when they're losing. He he is a player who is getting the ball into his areas. He, you know, he's making the batsman play the game on his terms, which we've seen with Ollie Robinson at his pace is doable it's it's a it's a it can be a winning gambit now you can't fill your attack with them but he'll be someone i think who is on the register someone i haven't seen very very much of certainly not in person uh is connor's at derbyshire he ended the season on a on a little bit of a high he got some got got a five for ajmal shazad former england baller who knows a bit about bowling fast he's an ecb Fastballing scout, very fond of him, very keen on him. Just young, right at the start. But again, England, this England regime might be keen to get people at the start of their journey and have a little bit of input. Uh, and he was picked for the Lions. Got, I think, he, did he get a five for against South Africa? In fact, in the second innings, Connors. Uh, so he's another one. He's an interesting one. I like Jordan Thompson. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to create a bandwagon as it stands but I think he's a really effective, gutsy cricketer. I quite like him. Um, but yeah, as you say, listen, we've got... I mean, I, th I think if England are plotting out their Ashes plan right now, it involves the guys who played this summer. Ideally, it involves Mark Wood quite a lot. And it, in a dreamland, it involves Joffrey Archer. So again, there's not that many places to play for, but we aren't far away from looking at the next generation and the next Ashes after that. And some of those guys we've talked about will come into it. I mean, what we've done there is, is focus quite a lot on how the county championship is 
uh, making bowlers' stock rise. But of course, we've got our eye on the white ball teams as well. And just as a little sidebar, Luke Wood had a really mm. excellent vitality blast. Uh, Sam Cook, you mentioned already, was incredibly effective in short form cricket. I mean, in, in such a way that it genuinely surprised me. I'd seen a lot of him with the red ball, but his variations in white ball really surprised me. And I think we've got a, 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 a Jimmy Anderson, mercifully, I don't think listens to us, but he's not going to be around <laughs> much longer. In the he end loves of, Zero Ducks Given, though, I understand. Of course he does, yes. Yes, it's one of his favourite <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> but um, <laughs> at the end of next summer, England will have played an Ashes series and Jimmy Anderson will be 41. The next Ashes mm. series, and whether people like it or not, Ashes series and cycles thereof, are fundamental to English cricket. It's hard to see Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad not departing the scene after the Oval Test match at the end of July 2023, at which point bowlers like Sam Cook are going to be really necessary. You know, because in the, in the mix, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, it may not be immediately. It may be while Anderson and Broad are still able and willing that these guys aren't going to get their chance in Red Bull, but I can see them getting into squads at any rate. Yeah, sure. Can I can I ask you just another one? Because I think for like the seventh or eighth or ninth season in a row, I feel like it's worth asking where are the Overtons in the, in this pecking order? Because they were they were on the cusp when they were eighteen, and yeah. they've both played Test cricket this summer. Like Craig Overton's been in the team in and out for a couple of years. Jamie Overton got his chance finally. But yet, they're into the, that. They're almost into those peak years in terms of what you think of a fast bowler should be. And have either of them got closer? Yes, I think Jamie Jamie Overton definitely has. I mean, as a, a point of difference for Surrey this year, and you look at the the sides that are at the top of the county championship table: Surrey, Hampshire, Lancashire. And it's always you've got to you've got to have an effective bowling attack. We know about Lanc- Hampshire's, but it doesn't provide any interest for England fans because. They're all of them players who aren't qualified or, in the case of Keith Barker, have been cruelly and unnecessarily overlooked for too long that they're never going to feature. Mm. So you look at the Surrey attack and bearing in mind they've used 22 players. Uh, Jamie Overton's actually been a really vital component of that attack because there have been times, especially as the balls got softer, and if we're going to continue to have these softer balls, it's going to be the case, uh, when his extra pace and his extra bounce has really made the difference. And I think I don't think I've seen him bowl as well and in such a targeted way. And of course he got his recognition playing for England. Um yeah. because of the nature of the England setup at the moment with, with Robinson, Broad, Anderson, and Stokes. Mm. How you get to be that that fifth bowler, being Potts, being Overton, everything depends on injury, doesn't it? Injury and rotation. Yeah. But you yeah, know, I would still say 30, his... 34, 34 wickets in ten games, Jamie Overton. That's yeah, but in don't a, in know, a, I feel like he needs in a five-man pace Steve attack, Patterson. though, Rory. In a five-man yeah. pace attack, so number of overs, fewer pitches, tricky. Yeah, look, I think his stock's risen. Whether that means that he's going to play much more English cricket, but I want to throw and, in and, one curveball. And with yeah, go on, go on. Let me throw in a curveball, because it's the man I can see being the English English Scott Boland at Melbourne. Okay. In 2025, it's Dan Worrell who is the shrewdest <laughs> signing, the shrewdest signing in county cricket this year. He's got a British passport. He said he wants to qualify for England. There was a suggestion of Ireland. He said, no, mate, no, it's England. It's always England, England all the way. <laughs> Sounds quite weird in an Australian accent. 
He's bowled absolutely fantastic. He's done more with a ball than I thought imaginable. He'll know Australian conditions inside out. Oh, my oh, I God. I just think it would be hilarious if he's in England's squad. Jesus. And I don't think it's impossible <laughs> because he'll be committed to Surrey for the next three seasons. He'll become qualified for England before the next Ashes series on residency, provided he keeps on playing. And as long as he keeps on being fit, I don't know. Watch this space. Watch just, this space. And I want to say one thing, because we're not going to touch on him in the guys whose stock has fallen, but a man whose stock has never risen as high as it should have done, Tom Bailey. I think he is a proper bowler. And mm, numbers in the 19, are great, aren't they? In the 1980s, that man would have played three Headingley Test matches <laughs> in 1992, <laughs> 93 and 94. <laughs> but unfortunately for Tom, he's not got a look in. Right. We are going to take another short break. It's our final break. And after that, we're going to be looking at the people whose stock has fallen. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. Welcome back. So we've looked at the batters and bowlers who might be clawing their way into contention for England. But who are the guys who've gone backwards? Rory, you've, uh, you've, you've thrown a couple of names in my direction before we came out on air. Run us through them. I have. Okay, well, just off the top of my head, far, apart from the ones who are in the team, who we think might have gone backwards a little bit, um, Dan Lawrence is someone who looked primed potentially for quite a big role. He was in that West Indies tour where Paul Collingwood was the head coach and it was the re- that was the Red Bull reset, de- de- lest we forget, that was the Red Bull reset and Dan Lawrence was quite a big part of it. And actually quite a... You know, he was bowling at key, po- key moments in test matches with his pick and mix. He was uh, playing aggress- more aggressive mid-order cricket than probably the rest of the team at that point. Maybe including Ben Stokes, barring Barbados. Uh, he, and he was chatting quite a lot to, to Joel Rui. He, he seemed like he was getting his feet under the table. He's slipped off, I think. Uh, Matt Parkinson has been had one of those situations where he's finally got his long-awaited test cap made his debut, which a lot of people were terribly excited about. I was pretty excited about. And yet, in the same summer that he's got his long-awaited test cap, he feels to have shuffled down the pack again. And now, look, and can, we just, would... can we just pause on that a little bit, just from moment about Parkinson? Because I agree with you, and I think part of it is because of the absurd expectations people have of a leg spinner. And when he was seen in the test arena on a pitch that wasn't really turning particularly at Lord's, he didn't bowl the magic ball that turned from leg to hit the top of off. And suddenly everybody said, well, he's bowling too slow. He's never going to cut it at test level. Then you look at his numbers and look, they're not fantastic by any means. But what spinners are? I mean, Liam Patterson-White mm-hmm. and Surrey well, managed to win a listen, title he, without a spinner, a, a frontline spinner, until their last game when they played, picked Dan Moriarty in a match that didn't matter. He took a five. Uh, they did have Will Jacks doing all the spin bowling. So... You know, being a spinner in England at the moment is as tough a job as it's tougher, I think, than being a, an opening batter. Even well, it's all and it's always always hard being a leg spinner because it's such a it comes freighted with so much 
expectation and romance. But, but I, I, yeah, yeah, of course it does, and why not? But I don't think Parkinson's issue is that he didn't bowl the magic ball on TV and he didn't get a didn't get one for the highlights reel. I think it's that England, this England regime, haven't overtly shown a great deal of interest after that point. And he actually missed a few games for Lancashire, didn't he? He dropped out the team at Lancashire. And I, I do get the impression that that Matt Parkinson is a confidence player and needs to feel a bit backed. And of course, a leg spinner, show me a leg spinner that doesn't need a bit of backing and a bit of support. But I'm not sure. I don't know. I think he'll look back on this summer with bittersweet because he'll say, you know, I'm, I became a test cricketer in 2022 and he maybe went a bit further away from his second cap at the same time. Let me throw another one in. And look, he has, he's not further away from England selection in white ball, far from it. He's very much in their thoughts. But I think a guy who has been not entirely understood is Sam Curran. Uh, Ed Smith in his book talked about what a crucial player Sam Curran is in lifting players did not, around him. Did not manage to read that yet. Sure, I'll get around to it. Well, you'll get around to it. You'll get around to it. Um, I'll send you the PDF if you like. Now, Thanks, yeah. Um, he started the season with a stress fracture, so he didn't bowl a great deal. And that may have been certainly why he wasn't brought into the side in the early part of the season. But his batting came on leaps and bounds. He got his maiden century. He averaged 70-odd with a bat and red ball. He was absolutely vital to Surrey's Vitality T20 Blast campaign until their players were all taken out and had to play for England. Um, scored heavily at number four. He is a guy who won Man of the Series against India four years ago at the tender age of 20, and yet is not being talked about in red ball terms, despite the fact that England have got a glaring problem from number eight to 11. Ben Folks has to bat and hope to God that the six-wicket partnership puts on 150. Otherwise, He's marshalling a tail that goes bang, 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 bang in no time. Now, someone like Sam Curran makes all the difference to that, as it used to be the case with Moeen Alley. They used to be so all these all-rounders. Another guy, I think, whose stock has fallen, but more as a result of injury. But will, will that stock come back? I don't know. Is Chris Wokes. Now, it's not because of performances on the field, but he's another one who you would imagine in a post I mean, it might just be that his timing is so dreadful because when we get to a post-Anderson broad world, he's going to be a little bit old, but he would be another perfect pick at number eight to try and balance that that tail. Um, other than that, I think we've looked at Josh Bohannon. I think he's sort of neither gone forward nor back, um, but one guy that I think genuinely has, through no fault of his own, gone backwards is Rory Burns. It's been to the uh, to the benefit of Surrey, because he's been able to captain all year. The last time he was able to captain all year, Surrey won the county championship. Again, he's captained all year. Surrey won the county championship. Very solid presence at the top of the order. But it's almost as if there is no mention of him anymore. That is his test career Mm -hmm. done and dusted. Is that how it feels for you? It is. It is. Um, It's not impossible that the shout goes out for him during next summer's Ashes because... If they get to an emergency situation, he's played test cricket against Australia at home and away. He's got Ashes Century to to call his own. He might he might end up feeling like a reasonably safe call in those circumstances. Other than that, it, we could we could be at the end for him. And I think it's because 
what you said earlier about you come in as a test opener post Strauss and Cook. You come in, you get your seven, eight, nine tests, you disappear again. Well, he got 33. And that felt like, I think when you get dropped after 33, a bit more difficult because it, it feels like there's more of the story's been told. Yep, that does make sense. Um, any other names you want to put in there before we say goodbye? Yeah, I do. I want to just throw out, and it's not someone whose stock has fallen, quite the opposite, but I just realised we hadn't mentioned him. And it would be really remiss not to try and get an early mention of Rehan Ahmed into oh, yeah. this uh, thing. Because, oh, talking about, talking about putting pressure on leg spinners. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, a young, he's a young kid uh, at Leicestershire. And he'd already, because as soon as you ball leg spin in, and anyone sees it, you're on the radar because there's so few of them going around at the highest level. But he looks really interesting. England brought him to Old Trafford earlier this summer and he had a really, really good long session with Adil Rashid. And that's not accidental. That's important. England's best leg spinner in memory is grabbing the next kid off the block and trying to share a bit of wisdom. Uh, and he ended the season, last last round of fixtures, he got his first first class five for, and his first first class hundred. Okay, All right, that's something to build on Hello. next year, isn't it? Yeah, he can bat as well. That's that. that <laughs> that's, yes, that's something, and it means much like Adil Rashid. Every time if he plays for England in the future, every time he comes to bat, even if he's ten years into his Test career batting at number eleven, you can say, hmm, "Got a first class hundred this kid." Like, like every, every single one of them's got a hundred, heading down to number eleven. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but but genuinely, let, who knows where that story's going to go? But he's a young, sort of prodigious leg spinner who's done the under seventeen circuit, and he's ended the season with bat and ball on a high. So let's you know allow ourselves a little bit of excitement about that. Well, it was both thrilling county championship season. Um, the right team won in the end. And, uh, well, and, and yeah, it all went down. Won, we can agree on that. Yes, it went down to the last <laughs> session as well before Yorkshire relegated. Absolutely thrilling stuff. It all kicks off again in about six and a bit months time. I can't believe we're at that stage of the year. We're going to be back early next week when we're going to run the rule over England's seven match T20 series against Pakistan. We'll know exactly who's won that by then and, and who's come out, well, on both sides as the major players. Thank you for listening to England Cricket on 99.94 Cricket Every Day. Please rate, review and subscribe. Download the 99.94 app and follow us personally on at Norcross Cricket. And at the RVD. If you do real RVD, you'll get the wrestling chap. Ooh, we'll put links up for everything that we do on there, on this podcast and beyond. Also, follow our network at 9994DM on social media. Follow for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. We speak cricket. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. 
So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.